LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Do, 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 do. What's going on? What's up, Jessica? Not much. I don't have to sing, do I? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dean. Joining me is Jessica. This is the Game of Thrones podcast by LSG Media. And we are bringing the house of black and white. There is no house of black and white. There's not? I don't know. I just figured that's something Jackham Hagar would say. Oh, I was going to say I saw it. But then again, I thought I saw Jack and Hagar, but oh. I guess not. But you saw the you saw a black man with the widest mouth of all time. He looked old and wise. That mouth was wide. The widest mouth of all time. Wow. So, of all time? Just about. How you doing this evening, ladies and gentlemen? I am uh, excited about talking about Game of Thrones. I'm excited to be back into season five and uh, things are heating up in Westeros. It still felt kind of set up-ish. Definitely did, did, but I feel like next week things are going to be happening big time. So we're going to go through the episode like we always do. We're going to probably go by location because it seems to be the easiest way to cover this show Mm -hmm. versus uh, back and forth with all the different cuts and cutbacks and all that shit. Um, And I think we might as well just start at the beginning. We might as well just start in Bravos. Sounds good to me. Let's do it. We should probably usher in Bravos though. Ready? Don't be afraid. Announcing our arrival. Don't be afraid, Jessica. I'm not afraid. Oh, shit. You're not afraid. Nope. Arya is not afraid. Do you believe her? Um, yes and no. Hmm. I think that she thinks that she's not afraid, but I think deep down she's still a kid, no matter what, at the end of the day. She is, but she's pretty, um, she's getting grown up. She's grown up quick, this this Arya. I think there's a part of her that was so excited to be arriving at Bravos, and then a little part of her that's probably a little scared. She's on her own. She's got nobody. At least she had the hound before. True. I was more excited than she was, to be honest with you. Wow. And uh, it was pretty cool. The hustle and the bustle. We got a new piece of music, you know, because he's got the music for the location. Mm-hmm. So we get this Bravos music and cool tracking shots of them in the dinging, rowing into the village there, into that port town. Big statue. The merchants, the hustle and bustle of life unplagued by war. Tell you what, of all the places, I'd probably want to go to Bravos. Yeah, Bravos was a cool place. I like seeing these different places. It's crazy how big this world is. And we're only just scratching the surface. I mean, it's unbelievable. I like it. it had that Venice, Italy, old school kind of look to it. The, yeah. the water cutting right through the city there it was nice. And then, of course, we get right to it with the ominous house of black and white. Yeah, that's where Arya's going to go because she got that coin. So she gets there, but not much happens, huh? No, she uh, meets some old black man who says, nope. Which means he was just testing her, I'm guessing. Yeah, I just like that Arya says, I have nowhere else to go. And he says, you have everywhere else to go, Mm. which I guess is kind of true, but not for Arya. Dropping some some philosophy on you. You know, I was thinking about this, like... You know, you go to the store on a Sunday and you're like, fuck, Home Depot's closed already. God damn, I got to go home. Imagine being this young girl, your family's slaughtered (laughs) and you get to Bravos and they're like, "Uh, the only place you've been trying to go. Once you realize that there was no more Winterfell to go to, you're just like, yeah, bye. Gone, kicked to the curb. But her list is getting smaller. Her illustrious list is shrinking rapidly. Yep, the list sands the hound this time. Only Cersei, Walder, Frey the Mountain, and Meryn fucking Trent. Correct. Mm. Good death list. I like it. 
I mean, the mountain last we saw him was being turned into like Frankenstein's monster. So who knows what's going on with him? We got his name, Kyburn. Yep, Kyburn. Kyburn the creepy creep. dude, as yes, I call him. He is. <laughs> He's a weirdo. So what's going on with Arya? What do you think? What do you think's going to happen? This whole, you know, we get, of course, we cut away, but we transition back to her later at Bravo. So Killing pigeons, chopping, like no big deal. Ch- chopping pigeon heads off. That's pretty precise striking, by the way. It was impressive. I liked it a lot. Um, R.I.P. Poor Pigeon, but it was pretty cool that Ari's just like, yeah, no problem. Yep. She's not afraid either. She's got her hound quip on. She's like, you know, this isn't worth dying over, trying to be a badass to this young ruffian men who are trying to intimidate her. Yeah. Nothing is worth anything to dead men, she says, because they want her pigeon. And then when they see her sword, they want her sword. That's definitely a hound move. Oh, yeah. Good good move. I liked it. For sure. And then they all split when they see the man in the cloak with the widest mouth on the planet. Yeah. But Arya, she ain't scared of that, dude. A man is not Jackham Hagar. I am no one. Yes. And he says, and that is what girl must become. Yes. Have a listen. You said there was no Jack and Hagar here. There isn't. A man is not Jackham Hagar. Well, who are you then? No one. And that is who a girl must become. And that is who a girl must become. Um, I like Jack and Hagar. I like seeing him again, although he's kind of like weird and not like as cool, like in like a ruffian sort of way as he was last time we saw him. He's more like mysterious in a cloak. But um, it's cool to see him again. It's cool that characters disappear and return. They're not just forgotten about. Like, you know, if you watch a TV show and there's a character and all of a sudden like season three starts and you're like, hey, where's that character who was like yeah. kind of big last season? Yeah. Like, where did they go? And it's like, I don't know. And then, you know, years later, you're still wondering what happened to so-and-so. Like this show doesn't do that. They're like, hey, here's Jack and Hagar. Okay, now he's gone. And you're like, what the hell? I kind of like that guy. He was cool. Are we ever going to see him again? This is why I think about like Gendry and like stuff like that. You know, characters who like are off. Where is Gendry? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like they'll tell us. I And this is proof. I didn't know if we'd ever see this guy again. Here he is. I think it's, you have an advantage when the source material has already been written. That's true. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Gendry is in the book, which is, might be why we haven't seen him. I think he was yeah, Edric George Storm R. R. or Martin something. George is like, oh, who's this freaking kid? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's when the source material is laid out in front of you, you have these these very unique possibilities versus if you know, you're know you writing, you're on your fifth season of Star Trek Next Generation and you're like, oh yeah, that guy, whatever happened to that guy. And, and all these different writers are part of it and they're not really following this major through line. There's not, there's nothing off limits. Like I'm sure if you're like, oh, I'm going to write an episode of Game of Thrones. They're like, well, it's already written. So, but here's the things we need to figure out to make it more suitable for television. Yeah. Which I think is kind of neat. And, uh, you know, the whole Jackham Hagar thing, what a great payoff to see this guy return. We know he is a badass. Yeah, like, he killed all those guards. Oh my God. It's crazy. That episode was so good when he just, or that part when he She's like, who escape. do you want me to kill? And he just, they just disappeared. It was crazy. So, you know, like we're starting to open the doors on some dangerous fucking people. I mean, this house of black and white, these faceless men you have to, you know, you have to become no one. No one is who you need to become. So is Ari going to become a faceless man? Is what I, I want to know. That, I don't know. What do you think? I do. I think that's really cool. So I want to be a faceless man. Where does Arya's story go from here? I don't know if she's going to become an assassin. I don't know if it's, it's, I like the fact that all the story, we're seeing a lot of crossing storylines and that trend continues. Yes. 
But I wonder how is Arya's storyline going to cross into it? It seems like now she's in Bravo. She's going to be off on her own. Is she going to, what does she want to do? I mean, I know obviously she has this list of people she wants to kill, but the reality of her getting close to those people is going to be pretty tough. Unless of course she can become like this Jockham Hagar guy and fucking look like whoever she wants and just waltz into Cersei's palace and strangle her. You know what I'm saying? I think if Cersei dies, Arya kills her for sure. That's your bet? Oh yeah. That's a good one. Way at the, I mean- far, far down the line. I think Cersei's pretty safe for a long time, but I could see the big battle at the end, Danny versus Stannis, and Arya comes hanging out from Braavos, and she's like, oh, hey, Cersei, what's up? Freaking murders her in cold blood. Do you think something like that would happen in this season? No. No. Too soon. Unless they're like, hey, we don't want to do Game of Thrones anymore. Like five seasons is what we got. <laughs> Probably not going to do that. Uh, no. Do you think that we're going to see Stannis? Well, I don't think we're going to see Stannis in Daenerys class. We're still worried about Stannis and Bolton's battling over the north. I don't think we're going to see that this season either, but I think that's what we're building to ultimate. Yeah, I think so. Maybe that's our end game. Maybe that's episode nine. Huge battle. No, maybe that's like season nine. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the Daenerys? Yeah, I got you for sure. Yeah, like the huge battle between like for the North might be episode nine. Yeah, sounds about right. That's that fits right into their little, uh, you know, theme they like to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. We get this this opening, this whole Bravos thing was cool. We got to see this neat city. We get to see uh, what, what I thought was some really nice, um, you know, cinematography, for lack of better terms, uh, director of photography, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I just liked the way everything looked. I like that we get placed. We feel like we are right on those docks watching these people row their dinghy in. And then Adia, uh, Aria bids this guy adieu. She goes to the castle, the, the house of black and white, and she just waits and waits and waits. And not much really happens with her this episode other than she sees Jacob Hagar again and we see that guy change his face, which fucking blew my mind. Yeah, that's super cool. Awesome. Not going to lie. And, and now, haven't there been rumors... That like Jockham Hagar is the guy. What was the name of the guy? Yeah, Serial Florel. Yes. Yeah. Like I've heard that, and that would be amazing. That's a that's that's a rumor that he is. That's one of the faces he assumed or something. That would be if all of a sudden he turned into that guy. I would be like, this is the best day ever. Yeah, and that's and that brings us back to Marin fucking Trent. That's why she wants him dead because. He supposedly killed Serial Florel, even though we never saw. Like yeah. you said, if you don't see a body, person's not dead. Nope. Learned that from all my TV shows and murder movies and murder stories that I nobody no death. I like it. Yeah, if you can't prosecute somebody in a court of law, then I'm not going to prosecute somebody on Game of Thrones. So. <laughs> I'm not prosecuting them. Yeah, in this podcast. Proven guilty. You are safe here, sir. Marin Trant, you're a douche, but I don't think you killed Serial Florel. Is that yeah. his name? Serial Florel. Yeah. Sounds like a Hunger Games name. <laughs> I feel like there's a character from like, District Seven. Serial so like, Florel, doesn't it? Yeah, like it, it sounds like it'd be perfect for like the Hunger Games for some reason. Anyway, maybe that's where he was like hanging out for a while. Like he went over to. It sounds kind of like it could be a douchey vampire from Twilight too. I'm Serial Florel. <laughs> My skin is shiny, and I climb mountains really fast, like the Price is Right game. <laughs> Yodelay, like a fucking dude going up the mountain. That's what reminded me of that crazy movie. Kid running up the goddamn mountain with a girl on his back. Everyone take note of the fact that Dean just admitted to very specific scenes from the movie Twilight that he has watched. Yes, seen it twice. Wow. Yeah. He loves it. It's his fave. And by the way, I keep saying Serio Florel. It's Serio Forel, F-O-R-E-L. Whoopsie. But anyway, moving right along. Don't judge me. <laughs> he lives in glass houses. 
literally, well, I hate it. So he who lives in black and white houses should not cast stones. Um, so people just stopped listening. To yeah. Not much goes on at Bravo. So then we get to see it, which I think was really cool. And we get Ari on her way. I think in this episode, just like I said about last week, or even when I was watching it the second time, I'm like, that's it. That's it. This is, I know. and I already watched it once. And the second time I'm like, that's how the episode ends. Like, Felt I feel quick. like there was more, Felt but quick. just like the first episode, a lot didn't happen right at all. I mean, other than maybe in Marine in King's Landing, a lot of stuff happened. But other than that, it's, it's really Set up, set up, set up, set up, set up. Let's talk about this really awesome, uh, the East Road, the Inn on the East Road, where we have a, a really jarring storyline crossing where Podrick just says, that's fucking Littlefinger. Holy shit. That's Sansa Stark. This part, this scene was great. This action scene was incredible. There's just something about what Game of Thrones is doing. And, and I compare it to The Walking Dead, and I'll only say this briefly here since I'm sure some people don't watch The Walking Dead. But the Walking Dead does this thing where they send all their characters out on their own and then they converge back together and get all excited when the storylines are going to converge. And like Game of Thrones is doing that right now. And it's so exciting to me to see these people come together like Stannis and Jon Snow and Brienne and Littlefinger and Danny and Tyrion that we're looking forward to, even though it probably won't happen until episode 10. Arya seen Jock and Hagar. Like it's just oh, Jamie, we're going to talk about me and our good friend Braun. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's like, cool, yeah. It's like you just geek out over it. You can't help it. It's so exciting. Because at the end of the day, it's so character-driven. I think that's why Game of Thrones is so successful is because this has a remarkable ability, and we've said this before on the show, to make you care about all of the characters involved. Yes. Even ones that were bastards once upon a time. Like, don't forget, everybody, yeah, Jamie Lannister- threw a, ba- a boy out a window. And also raped his sister. There's just that kind of shit exists. But then we're like, we kind of like Jamie Lannister. And then, you know, when we, we look back on it, characters we love like Ned Stark, like loathed Jamie Lannister. You mm-hmm. know, it's funny. Enemies. And now they're all so good and interesting on their own that we just want to see how they react to new circumstances. And it's like double nerd boner when you get a character that you like, how they react in a situation, meets another character from another situation, see how they react together. Yes. And that's what's so brilliant about the way when you start to fuse these storylines that things get really awesome. But this in scene, this this action piece in this episode was incredible. I loved it. I, this was, the action was so well directed. I, I can't imagine, you know, one of the things I heard was it was a nightmare to direct. And I thought that I while it. I was watching it, like the horses, like the chaos of the horses running around, yeah. guys on horseback with cameras, because you can tell because the camera's right along the horse's neck. I mean, Those that's- well-trained horses. It was like a film quality action scene. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And, and they always are, you know, when they when they do this, they don't skimp out on it. And uh and I and I just really appreciate that. But Brienne meets Sansa Stark and I got a little clip for us. Lady Sansa, before your mother's death, I was her sworn sword. I gave my word I would find you and protect you. I will shield your back and keep your counsel and give my life for yours if need be. I swear it by the old gods and the new. Ba-boom. Damn, thanks, Brienne. Welcome to my team. I know, huh? I like that, like, she's just like, hey, what's up? I'm not going to kidnap you. I'm just going to swear to you. I'll, I'll just follow you around the countryside. It's cool. Is Brienne the only real, and this is ironic, chivalrous character left in Game of Thrones? Probably. Basically, right? I mean, that's such an old school fairy tale knight move. She has no interest in deception. She has no interest in right in, in underhandedness. All she does is she stands up, 
tall, proud, bold, prances over to Littlefinger and his retinue of fucking soldiers, drops on her knee, and starts to pledge her allegiance to Sansa. It doesn't get more fucking King Arthur than that. I thought they were just going to be like, cool, Bran, join our party. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so let's see. Help me track down the conflict here. Because this starts to get ugly pretty quick when Littlefinger says this. This woman swore to protect Renly. She failed. She swore to protect your mother. She failed. Why would I want somebody with your history of failure guarding Lady Sansa? Why should you have any say in her affairs? Because I am her uncle. Please, my lady, if I could explain... I saw you at Joffrey's wedding, bowing to the king. Neither of us wanted to be there. Sometimes we don't have a choice. And sometimes we do. You should leave. So what's going on here? Why? What's Littlefinger's problem with Brienne? What's Brienne's problem with them? Why does this thing escalate so quickly? Okay. First of all, I want to point out that there's a hilarious line... Um, where he was like talking about how he like was mourning Lysa or like Sansa's <laughs> like, oh, hey, you're mourning my dear on Lysa. Anyways, it was really funny. Um, oh, because they discussed the marriage proposal, the note that he got, which Sansa was like, hey, I noticed that note. And Littlefinger's like, oh, you're very observant, just like Jessica said on the podcast last week. <laughs> Thank you, Littlefinger. And Sansa's like, yeah. And then she flirted with Littlefinger. Can we not gloss over that? I saw it. Oh, my God. For real. And Sansa looks good. Does it give you courage? Wow. She was being a little saucy. But anyways, back to Bran, the real plot line that people care about. (laughs) Sansa's going to end up, here's my prediction now. Sansa's going to end up manipulating him in some way. She's going to start playing Littlefinger like a fiddle. I think so. Because she's going to learn all his tricks. And I don't think she's interested in him romantically even a little. No, but he, and he's so blinded by like his like obsession with Catelyn. That that's like Littlefinger's Achilles heel. Yep. Is Catelyn Stark and she's dead now and Sansa's going to be the closest thing. That is his, you're you're right. That's Littlefinger's Achilles heel. (laughs) Sounds funny to say. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Um, Anyways, this is why I think this escalated. I don't think it had anything to do with like Bran swearing her loyalty and people dying because Littlefinger said something else. Uh, something about her being loyal and uh, her, Renly said her loyalty couldn't be bought or something like that. And he said, it looks like things have changed and somebody's paid a lot for it. Because he knows she's wearing armor, Lannister stuff. Because his the fucking Valyrian steel. And he sees that. And Littlefinger wants nothing to do with the Lannisters because he's... So let's, let's, let me, can I jump in right there? Yes. So we all know from the last season that Tywin has one of two smiths in Westeros who can forge Valyrian steel. Littlefinger probably knows it's Valyrian steel and under, and, and assumes it's Tywin gold, right? Lannister gold on that hilt. He isn't the first person that said to her that she's in Lannister stuff. Because mm-hmm. the Hound said it too. Oh, yeah, you're right. So something he said about, Lannister gold. I've been seeing that my whole life. Yes. That's right. The Hound did say that. You're right. So whatever about the way she is dressed makes it clear that she was bought by the Lannisters. And Littlefinger, who just, hello, murdered Joffrey wants nothing to do with the Lannisters. So that is where this tension is coming uh-huh. in. And Sansa, who it's not necessarily the same reason, Sansa hates the Lannisters too. And as soon as that gets into her head and she's like, but wait a second, I saw you bow to Joffrey and she gets right on that bandwagon. Not to mention she was playing grab ass with Jamie at the wedding. And as far as Sansa's concerned, Jamie's an enemy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So that's why, that's why it was a little, that's why Sansa's not sure. She can't really trust him because she's like, what if this lady wants to drag me back to Cersei? Of course. How can she trust her? And that's the same thing that, that Littlefinger saying is like, Hey, you're, you you're wearing stuff from the Lannisters. As far as I'm concerned, you're being paid by the Lannisters and he has right. no interest in that. So this is where Brienne's character weakness is apparent. She's too blunt. She's yes. too forward. She's too Excalibur. She's too 
Sir fucking Lancelot about the way she goes about her business. And surprisingly enough, she's still alive because she's fierce as fuck. Mm -hmm. Because people like that don't tend to last, right? Ned Stark, you're not going to win the Game of Thrones and goddamn, you're going to have a hard time surviving the Game of Thrones if you just boldly go around stating your intentions when surrounded by enemies. That's That's a quick path to death in the cruel ass medieval world. Right, right. You know? But yeah, I could see... Even if Sansa didn't think that this woman was wearing Lannister shit, I don't see her undermining this relationship she has with Littlefinger to go off and talk to Brienne privately. No, it doesn't help Because that help would her damage her way. trust with Littlefinger. Like if Littlefinger's like like was like, hey, Brienne, join our posse, Sansa would have been like, great. Right. But Sansa knows that she's in a situation where she's got to... That's probably best for her. Right. It's and working out in her favor, minus Lysiron trying to throw her through the moon door. So at the end of the day, it comes down to you people are likely trying to take Sansa by way of returning her to the Lannisters. Although Littlefinger must think that Brienne's pretty dumb. I mean, he must... Littlefinger's a, a, a wizened man to the ways of Westeros and politics. He must know Brienne has good intention, but how can he trust this, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I can see, I can see Littlefinger not trusting her, but kind of knowing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that... There's something about whatever it is, the, the Valyrian steel or whatever it is, that they're looking at her and saying, you were bought off by a Lannister. Right. That is really like screaming at people right. when she approaches them. Right. So I think maybe if she changed her outfit, she would have a better approach. Right. Although Just like, like, like Littlefinger does say, he does know who Brienne of Tarth is. He does know she's failed a couple of times. Yes. He does. He, he knows those basic things. He doesn't things. care about that. Right. He cares about what she's wearing. At the end of the day, Littlefinger wants 100% control. Like the people in his retinue, he knows he can count on. You start injecting yeah, maybe outsiders. maybe he doesn't want someone unflinchingly loyal to Sansa. Podrick Payne was fucking Tyrion's squire. Like, they don't want these people yeah, around Sansa, exactly. you know? And he, he's great in the sack. Littlefinger certainly doesn't want him around Sansa. Yeah, at least we think so, huh? He was flirting with that waitress real quick. Yeah. He was like, have you seen my penis? Could I get some extra porridge? <laughs> That's a non sequitur. <laughs> yeah. Sansa, huh? Drinking a little ale. Little Sansa. Why do the men folk love it so? Oh, I'm so dumb. I'm, she's just. I'm a pretty girl. Yeah, she's just pretending to be stupid. Oh, Sansa, she's something else. Then we get this escalation rather quickly. And uh, Brienne elbows a guy. They run for it, and then she hacks a fucking wooden beam in half with her Valyrian shield. Whack! And she's like, ah, ah telling the yeah. horses to run. And uh, we get some. What I think is one of the coolest sword exchanges I've ever seen on horseback in film or television where there's a, there's a couple of strikes and parries and she breaks the sword and hits the dude in the shoulder. And this is what's so cool about the ability. Now I like actual sword fighting, but one of the cool things about CGI is you can't really fake a sword break in the sword landing in a dude's shoulder without some computer or CGI help there. Yeah. It's tough to do that with like regular fighting and shit. And it just looked awesome. And then she, of course, jams him, runs him through. She is a nightmare. Oh, yeah. She is a nightmare to fight. For sure. She's just very, I don't know, because she really is single-minded in, like, what her right. goal is. Right, And if she can help it, she's going to help it. But, I mean, if a shadow baby looks like Stannis comes out, there's nothing she can do. And then they get out there and Podrick's like, huh, throwing a rock at that dude. Podrick is such a loser. Dude, if you're going to throw that rock, hit him. throw it with some conviction. Hit him. Because it looked like it would just annoy him if it hit him. I'm going to be honest and you know how I feel about animals. But like if you're Podrick and you're going to throw a rock and try to cause an issue, 
throw it at like the horse's leg or something so that the horse bucks the guy off. That's going to be better off for you than trying to aim it to hit this guy's head hard enough that you're going to knock him out or knock him off the horse. Maybe. Like, was that his plan? I don't know, but I don't know if a rock in the horse's leg is going to cause him too much havoc, but I would have just yeah, hid. Hide in the woods, dude. They're not going to climb down off their horse and look for you, are they? They're just riding around like crazy men. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. Well, that guy gets killed. Dead. Rather, Yeah, they're all pretty much dead. Because Brienne is no joke. Kills people like no problem. And then Podrick finally asks this lady a proper question. And he's like, they don't want your help. And she's like, do you think she's safe with Littlefinger? And Podrick answers no. Yeah, I mean, if I was Brienne, I guess I would probably go like pick another job. But that's just me. What is Brienne going to do? This is like, this is the classic Ronin, the masterless samurai just wandering around. Like what is... Is she just going to follow them slowly but surely and, and, and try to make a move? Brian just needs somebody to protect. Yeah, I think she does. Find a small child and say, this is also a Stark surprise. She's quite literally a white knight. <laughs> quite literally. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with her. I guess she's just going to follow behind and hope shit happens. But damn, I don't know. I don't know either. Well, Cersei's in a good mood. Let's head over to King's Landing, shall we? It's a threat. Of course it's a threat. Our daughters alone in dawn, surrounded by people who hate our family. No note. They blame us for the death of Oberyn and his sister, and every other tragedy that's befallen their cursed country. I will burn their cities to the ground if they touch her. Damn. I just like how, like, Jamie's like, hey, did they leave a note? And Cersei's, like, totally ignores the question, and she's, like, just saying exactly how Dorne feels, because she knows. Right. She knows all. I like that Jamie says that. Did they leave a note? <laughs> yeah, typically when people want to threaten you in the life of your daughter living in their country, they write you a little note. Dear Cersei, <laughs> Marcella's dead. Love, Dorn. It's a little post-it note that fell off. It's on the floor. It's a little dusty. Yeah, Jamie's like, oh, it's right here. Yeah, I, I here found the note. It was it stuck just to says, the bottom of my boot. <laughs> it just says like, hey, Cersei, Marcella wanted you to have this. And no, it's not <laughs> even that. Needs to be cleaned. It's not even that. It's like these drawings. It's like a snake biting a lion. And the next frame, the lion's laying dead and the snake's smiling with a thumb up. <laughs> <laughs> just like okay it's like love marcella i like, think a second. i think i think what they're trying to say is <laughs> snakes kill lannister so she uh cersei huh i know what is gonna be her fate here she is busting jamie's balls constantly and jamie what jamie he like can't win jamie's like it's our daughter. And she's like, don't you dare call her your daughter. You were never father to her. And Jamie's like, yeah, well, if I was a father to her, they'd like stone her in the streets. It's like, what do you want, Cersei? Do you want your children to be stoned to the streets? Or do you want Jamie to be the dad? Jamie's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. He really can't do any right here by Cersei. Yep. Yep. Cersei's acting like a classic woman. <laughs> putting in a no-win scenario. The old Kobayashi Maru, as they say in Star Trek. <laughs> the no-win scenario. The only hope, Jamie, is that you can reprogram her and cheat to win because he, he can't end say. Program. And even at the end when he's like, I'm going to go to Dorne, she's like, you have one hand. Like he can't say anything. She's just, I know. She's a nightmare. He's probably like, fuck, I can't wait to go to Dorne and get away from this crazy Jamie bitch. could have been like, Cersei, I already went to Dorne and Marcella's right here. And Marcella like pops out from behind and was like, hey, ma. And Cersei would still be mad Cersei about something. Cersei like, look at your hair. What have you done to her? You know, still pissed off about something. He can't win. Jesus Christ. She's got a, a full on bitch mode. Negative cognitive filter. She needs some fucking therapy, I think. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of 
the guy Frankenstein? What's his name? Yeah, maybe Kyburn can reprogram yeah, Ky- Kyburn her. Will, Kyburn will help her out. He can fucking reprogram her and put, get rid of the bitch subroutine. So yeah, I don't know. I uh, I was feeling for Jamie in this in this in these moments because he's not allowed to mourn for his daughter. He's not allowed to say he's going to help her. He's just allowed to listen to Cersei blame everyone around her for everything going wrong. Yeah. So he's like, "Hey, I'm going to go to Dorne." Cersei says, "Yeah, you have one hand. You can't go alone. You're an idiot." And Jamie goes, "Listen, bitch, I'm not going alone." And that's when I screamed from my seat while watching it. Holy shit! He's going to take Bronn. I said, "No, Dean, you idiot. He's gone." But who was the real idiot and here? And then the next scene is, well, which we'll get you. Enter. And you're Ron. like, how the fuck did you know that? I said, because I saw Jerome's Flynn's name in the credits. Yeah, Dean actually <laughs> cheated because he knew the actor's name. So that's completely unfair. I am. Hey, what are you going to do? But let's talk about Cersei for a minute. We can't just go by her. Okay. We got to come back. Let's to her talk anyway. about, let's, let's talk about Cersei. No, I know. We got the small meeting coming up. We'll talk about that. Okay. We might as well just do the whole line before we go, go to through all Cersei Castle and then Stoke, move over to Stoke our friend Bronn. Okay. Yeah. So Cersei's line of bitch continues, as we said, but let's think let's think about this. She had to marry Robert while she loved her brother. Her and then Robert died. Joffrey died. Tyrion escapes. Tywin's dead. Her daughter's gone. Jamie has one hand. And now Kevin ain't taking any of her shit. Uncle Kev. Uncle yeah. Kev is not taking her shit. That is true. Meanwhile, we have, uh, what's her name again? Smirking whore from Highgarden. That's it. We have the smirking whore from Highgarden digging her claws right into Tommen, right? What was her name, Cersei? Smirking whore from Highgarden. That's it. And uh, (laughs) I think what we're seeing is a lioness backed into a corner and she's really just starting to lash out. Oh, yeah. She's really losing her grip here. Her only, and Kevin made this clear, her only thing that she has is that she's the mother of the king. That doesn't mean that's nothing, but if she's, does she still have the same influence she used to? She has Meryn Trant. Like, that's her subject, who would turn on her, by the way. He's a fucking coward. She continues to alienate Jamie. Yes. Tyrion is gone. Tywin's dead. Tywin, the rock of the family, gone. Where she's losing it with the, with the, with the, what are they, the Martells? No, that's Oberyn. The Tyrells with yeah, the, Tyrells the Tyrells moving in. I mean, shit, man. I can. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that I can understand the stress level in Cersei right now. Makes sure. sense. Plus, your you know your former lover Lancel joins a crazy cult. Did I yeah. say cult? C O L T. I meant cult. C U L T. Yeah. Horses on the brain. Cult. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I don't know. That's what's going on with uh, with with Cersei. I don't know how she's going to reexert control of the situation because this. Move to get Marcella back is purely emotional. It's just a, I want to protect my daughter, which in the grand scheme of the Cersei doesn't do much to really cement your power. It doesn't do right. much to further your Game of Thrones, as it were. So I, you know, I, she's, I feel like she's just sort of licking her wounds and trying to recoup losses at this point. Yeah. It's tough. She's in a tough spot for sure. Yeah. And it certainly isn't made any better by the small council and their reaction to everything. Yeah, let's talk about the small Although console. some of them are easier to manipulate than others, a.k.a. Uh, Papa Tyrell over there. God, is he a fucking bitch. By the way, sycophants, great word to describe all of them. They're all suck-ups. Between Tyrell and Pycelle, I want to jump off the fucking bridge. Yeah. Man, they are insufferably annoying, those two. And they're, and they're these kind of guys. That's what they are. 
Thank you, thank you, Queen Regent. No, I just love like Cersei's like, there's not going to be a hand of the king until Tommen comes of age, which I'm sure there's precedent for, said no one ever. And like <laughs> the Tyrell, whatever his first name is, is like, hey, Cersei, no Mace, big deal. I, I will just serve as hand of the king for now just to help you out. And she's like, oh, but... You're already master of ships, and I'm going to make you master of coin. He's like, what an honor. just like that. Yeah. And Kevin's just sitting there like disgusted because we, at least we see he's got some of that Tywin blood in him. Yeah. Next up, Pycelle offers to be hand of the king and Cersei legit ignores his request and says, yeah, um, right now let's not even talk to you and talk about how Frankenstein is going to be our master of whispers. Dude. He's another one. He's just like, Pycelle. He gets so worked up. Yeah, I know. That's what it's like. Master of Whispers. What do you mean? And she's like, hello. Our last Master of Whispers disappeared with Tyrion. Loyalty, Pycelle. Yeah. Loyalty. What do you mean my whites aren't dry? Like every little thing is a fucking crisis. Oh, my God. Everything is a crisis with this guy. And then she tries some crazy shit with Kevin and... uh, Old Uncle, old Uncle Kev ain't hearing it. She's, uh, you'll be his master of war. And uh, Kevin drops a line on her. Let's have a listen. I do not recognize your authority to dictate what is and is not my concern. You are the queen mother. Nothing more. You would abandon your king in his time of need. If he wants to send for me, I will be waiting for him. A casterly rock. Good move, Uncle Kev. You know, he basically says, hey, Tommen can ask me himself if he wants me to do these things. And this is the problem. Is Cersei was not expecting to have... Did you say Cersei? Whatever. <laughs> she was not expecting to have pushback from anybody, including Uncle Kev. Of course. And you can hear it in her voice that she's like, what the fuck? Like, how did, how did this happen? Why is he doing this? Right. She's not happy. I got to tell you. There was a moment where she responds, when she responds, you would abandon your king. You can see the anger across her face like she's about yeah. to rage out and she doesn't. Yeah. And I love, here's what I love about what Kevin said. I don't recognize your authority to tell me what isn't, isn't important. Right. And that's a great, that's a, that's just a great political move by him to say, I determine what's important for me, not you. So stop. Yes. Like she's trying to stand above him in the ranking and he's not going to allow that and he shouldn't. Because he's fucking runs Cashley Rock. He is the the head of Cashley Rock. He's the main man over there. Right. Exactly. And he's just not going to hear it. And it also doesn't, it sets the wrong precedent for Tommen as a king. If the king wants to request stuff of people, he shouldn't be too busy to appoint and request things of these powerful individuals. Admittedly, Kevin Lannister's powerful. He has the Lannister army, does he not? Right. Okay. So Kevin needs to be treated with respect and you have, you know, you have him, you have the king tell him what to do. You don't send a fucking messenger. And you know Tom has no fucking clue what None. she's doing. Zero. Busy. He is sitting in his room, petting her pounce, looking at pictures of Marjorie and thinking about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what he's doing. What are you doing in there, Tom? Oh, nothing, mom. Mom, don't, oh, don't come in. Wait, hold on. Let me just pull my blanket up. Sir Pound's away with you. That's what happens. <laughs> What is about? This is like, I hate being in the room with this kid masturbates. It's the worst. <laughs> so awkward. Ah, just, just let me catch some mice in another room. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, there's, there's, 
They're definitely letting us know that things aren't great in the Lannister camp. The Lannisters are struggling. Yeah, and I think that Cersei is going to lose more and more control and freaking rage out fast. Yep. She might start a little list for her own of people she needs to yeah. hate. Kevin Uncle, Lannister. Uncle Kev Pycel. <laughs> Uncle Lev Pycel. Who else? Smirking whore from Highgarden. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh shit! So yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh it's good stuff. It's it's heating up in King's Landing, and Cersei's starting to she's trying to figure things out. She's uh not her usual calm and collected self. Definitely not her cool and just assassin face. That cool, calm, and next thing you know, you get a knife in the back. So Jamie uh, gets to. Uh, Stokeworth and he goes to see Braun. Oh, I love Braun. <laughs> this scene is, is hilarious. I love how Braun is just skipping rocks while this chick blathers about a he bunch of even nonsense. Care he's just thinking about living in a castle. He's just, well, he doesn't care because he he's not interested in anything she's saying. She's boring. He's, she's talking about, and what about this table and these drapes and this? And don't they eat pigeon pie in the capital? We've got to have pigeon pie. And he's like, yeah, sure. Let me, damn, I got four skips that time. You know, he has no interest in any of this. This is what it's like. Like you take this guy who is a legit like warrior has done, gone on crazy adventures. And then you're trying to domesticate him with this boring kind of average looking girl it's just not gonna work you know he's i don't know i just don't see it but of course he insists that meanness comes around and uh he implied this with Tyrion when he said you know pretty little ladies break their necks all their time when they fall from horses this is something that i love is that she's like oh we're never gonna live in that castle because my sister's older and she'll get it and she's mean to me and pulls my hair when my mom's not looking yeah and he's like lawless you're a nice person <laughs> and your sister's mean and bad things happen to mean people he's talking to her like she's 12 because that's what how she's he's acts. trying to say to her is your sister will be murdered by me and <laughs> we will live in that fucking castle yeah the yeah, end. Absolutely. Brown would probably have her murdered. He's probably... He's, he's past his yeah, murdering days. He's past that kind of stuff, you know. He's like, sweet, I can hire somebody to murder for me. And then uh, Jamie fucking Lannister shows up. Love it. Bron's like, oh, here we go. She's like, who's that over there? And then she's like, oh, Jamie let me frolic towards him. Lannister. And uh, he has a proposal for Bron. And I got to say, Jamie's looking cool with that leather jacket thing he's wearing. Looking good. Jamie doesn't have a proposal for Braun. He's like, hey, Braun, great news. And he hands me his paper that says like, hey, that chick you're just talking to, she's going to marry somebody else. Lollis will be marrying Sir Willis Bracken. Mm. We made a deal, your sister and I. I would have advised against that. How is this good for me? Because you're going to come with me and help me with something important. And when we return, I'm going to give you a much better girl and a much better castle. Mm. What do you think? girl's gonna be just curious i don't know but somebody better I like Braun to have a nice woman yeah He'd sure cute his life of murder he needs to put that behind him and just kick his feet up in front of the yeah, fire just settle down with a nice woman have some babies you know get a dog <laughs> white picket fence that's what Braun needs yeah. does he not look ludicrous dressed the way he's dressed he i wanted to hug him <laughs> the entire scene it was it made me smile so big and just warmed my heart to see him because it was hilarious. He's brilliant. Skipping rocks, wearing a lord's clothes, pretending to listen to some lady he's not interested in. Oh, it was beautiful. It was just, oh, it was beautiful. I love him. Great it's character. Awesome. So glad he's back again. Here we go. Stories coming together. Characters that are gone. You don't know if you're ever going to see again returning. It's just great, great, great. 
Yeah, it's good shit. So let's <laughs> let's move over to Dorne, shall we? Well, I was going to say, can we do, since we were just talking about King's Landing. Pentos Road. Is that Tyrion? Yeah, because yeah. it's just so brief. There's nothing really to talk about, but I always want to talk about the smash cut that they do. All right, do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the head. Um, Basically, Tyrion and Varys are just heading down the road, and Tyrion's drinking away. He's mad. He's in another box, and he just wants to go for a walk in the sunshine. Um, Varys has no interest in this because Cersei offered a bounty on Tyrion's head. Um, and Tyrion says, a lordship, a lordship. That's what it is. So Boba Fett is out there. Like (laughs) he's ready. Um, and Tyrion says, how many dwarves are in the world? Will Cersei kill them all? And they, we get a smash cut to a dwarf's head on Cersei's table. It's funny because I thought Varys was going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, it's like, here's a head. Instead, they do a much cooler thing than I would have done. But yeah, the futility of everything. We're going to Volantis because that's the road to Marine. To Marine. What's a Marine? Yeah. I love their talk about everywhere has a ruler. Every place has a ruler already. What are we going to do? Yeah. And Varys continues to try to pull Tyrion out of his funk to remind him that he was a good ruler. He He's a man of talent. And Which Tyrion, he is. And Tyrion admits to liking the power a little bit. But I love the moment where they're discussing about how people find us repulsive, which is why we build these boxes, yet we don't want to stay in them. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening in this entire lead up to what Varys and Tyrion are doing. Tyrion had to smuggle himself out of a place in a box, push his shit through breathing holes. Ew. Hopefully they were separate. And he had to endure what he's endured on endured on the road. Now he's in another kind of bigger box. He's stuck. He's trapped. This is not when we are first introduced to Tyrion when he's in Winterfell, he's laying around with a bunch of chicks. Yeah. And Jamie's like, hey, what's going on, brother? <laughs> you know, and he's like, who's this fucking crazy guy? Tyrion is not built for this, let's hide forever thing. I think he'd rather yeah. be dead. I think part of him would be too. And that's why I think he is so miserable. Tyrion shines when he has the challenges like he's faced when he was the hand of the king, like he's had the challenges he's had before Cersei basically fucking had him arrested. Yeah. He thrives in those environments. He's smart. He's clever. He's he's good at leadership. People listen to him. He's funny. Um, but then again, because of the way he is, like Vara says, you know, people loathe people like us. They are not, they find us repulsive. But he still has plenty of use. And I can't wait to watch when he gets a chance to come out of this funk, when he's his eyes kind of widen, his eyes brighten up a little when he starts to see where he can fit in the power that he never claims to want, but admits that he likes starts to get back into him and he starts to do shit again. And then he'll come out of this funk because right now he doesn't see anything. There's no light at the end of the tunnel for Tyrion. And that's why he's in this dark, depressing state. But man, he would make a great advisor to Danny, wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, it's tough for Tyrion now, but the reason why Tyrion is still sticking with it is deep down. I think he hopes that he can have that again even though he's not very optimistic. Right. And it was a good move. I mean, a good move by a good move by Varys to go with Tyrion. At first I thought, why would he do this? Why jeopardize himself? Because he didn't do anything wrong. Varys actually spoke out against Tyrion on trial. Yes. And it wasn't personal. He just was saying what he knew. And But when we got a glimpse of Cersei in her small council, we saw that Pycelle's like, oh, he's a turncoat. So we knew that they never were really fond of him. So maybe he just figured the lay of the land politically was like, I need to kind of get out of here. Plus, they're probably going to link Tyrion's escape to me. I don't want to end up. And I up, think he planned you know? to go to Danny eventually anyway. Yeah. And this was just a great opportunity for him to maybe do it a little earlier than planned. Maybe his long his long con was to go there. Yeah, I think so. I do. 
I, I think that it's a good move. 100%. So yeah, but again, not much happens here. Just more Varys and Tyrion talking. So they need to kind of get that story going. It's a little, a little slow at the moment. Yeah, it's not like the Hound and Arya when they were on the road. No, because down, because when they were on the road, they did shit. That's true. They aren't, they aren't doing anything. They're just sitting in a box. And that's that gets a little tiresome on television is talking heads. You don't want to be talking heads for too many episodes in a row. Yeah. I think in the next episode, shit needs to happen with Varys and, and Tyrion. And they don't want to get into Walking Dead territory where they're drawing out these things. You know what I mean? They need yeah. to keep it moving. Yeah. So yeah, I was a little I was a little disappointed in that I didn't see them arrive or do something or engage with a third person. It was just the two of them talking again. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next. Next, please. All right. Pentos Road. We've got a couple places left. We have the wall and Marine. So why and don't Dorn. we let's just go to Doran like we were gonna oh, I'm sorry. It's short too, so and the other two are a little longer. So Alaria chops her hair off. Yeah, she looks like a badass. Damn. She's scary. She wants blood. She's got mean shoulder pads on. Yeah, and when you have mean shoulder pads on, you mean fucking business. Damn, she's ready for some Lannister blood. Let me chop up this little girl. Finger by finger. Oberyn wouldn't want that. Come on, girl. I love their accents in Dorne. Yes. I love them. We do not kill little children. You sound like Oberyn always. Elaria gives Dorne an earful, though. She's mad. She's mad at Dorne. That's his name, right? yep. Yeah. She's not mad at Dorne. She says, hey, like, Dorne would be behind me. And he goes, oh, well, I'm the boss. Right. That's why the other people don't rule. Uh, you always sound like Oberyn. It's okay. I miss him. <laughs> so eating our food, breathing our air, she's very mad. Yes. And she sounds awesome. And I want to be mad with her because she just sounds so cool. She's a firecracker, this girl. Yeah, I like her. I do. They discuss revenge, justice, sand snakes. I'm curious about the sand snakes. I'm sure we'll learn mm. more. Bunch of chicks and dead Oberyn. Yeah. Uh, Dorn says, you want me to go to war over this? It was fair. It was the law. It was trial by combat. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, I want you to go to war. He's got a point there, though, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And that's why I feel like last season on the lost years of our podcast, we discussed what would happen with Marcella being in Dorn. And I was like, really, I'm like, they're going to kill her an eye for an eye. This is going to continue. And you were like, no, they're not like that in Dorn. That's I mean, Oberyn says all the time, like, we don't kill little girls in Dorne. Mm. And that's what Dorne's saying. He's like, this is not what we do here. He died through a legal proceeding where he offered himself. Yep. That's the law. That's right. There's nothing to start a war over, but Alaria's like, no, there is. She misses her lover, Oberyn, and don't we all? I do. I miss my lover, Oberyn, too. (laughs) Tiny pink cook. We love Oberyn. Of course, we miss him. He decided to to fight the mountain. Unfortunately, his emotions got the better of him, and he's dead now. Yeah, and Alaria's about to follow in his fucking footsteps. Alaria should learn her lesson. Alaria should know that Oberyn wouldn't want war over this. He definitely wouldn't want her killing Marcella, and he definitely wouldn't want him her plunging the country into war with King's Landing. Definitely not over his death, which was lawful. Correct. Because at the end of the day, Dorne's going to be the solo team on that fight. Yeah. Everyone's going to go, no, this is bullshit. Even though it's all kind of fucking divided right now. Yeah. I mean, if, if Dorne marched north and sacked King's Landing, the next thing they'd be fighting it's, would be Stannis. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yes. fucking Stannis ain't stopping. He's crazy. <laughs> Stannis will be like, yeah, more people to fight. <laughs> right. So, but uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'm looking forward to this. And, and uh, Alexander Siddig, it was nice to see him. Dr. Bashir. Uh, we love Dr. Love Bashir him. in this podcasting studio. God. It, it made me smile, just like seeing Braun made me smile. Warms my heart. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Bashir, he looks awesome. He looks so cool. Sitting in his wheelchair, a little weekly thing. and Apparently, he has the gout, like yep. super bad. Is that what it they is? They said that last season. Yeah. Um, so that's why he couldn't go. And that's why Oberon went in the first place. Right. Because he was the one who was supposed to be there, Doran. They made him look a little bit sickly too. Like his face looked, a, I know he's older, of course, but I'm just saying they made him look a little, he's still got that nice blushy. Yeah, he still looks to- awesome, he's got I that, think. He's got that toasty skin on him still, that nice toasty desert skin. I just love when you see somebody, you know, from a TV show from a long time ago and you're like, oh, just look at him. Yeah. Just he's fucking straight Middle Eastern too. What is it? The Sudan? I think he's from. I don't know. Yeah. Alexander Siddig. He's awesome. Yep. All right, everybody. I hate to do it to you, but I got to take a quick break because we got to keep the lights on over here at LSG Media and keep the podcast going. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dean with LSG Media, and I am so happy to say that now we've got corporate sponsorships, so we're going to be talking like radio guys. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine if every podcast you downloaded sounded like radio guy asshole? That would be a goddamn tragedy. So here's a couple things you can do to help that not happen. If you got a buck, two, three, five, ten, twenty, whatever, and you want to kick it over to us every month to ensure radio guy doesn't show up and start doing your podcasts, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash LSG media, and we will definitely help you out because this is not what you want to hear. Right all right, all right. Welcome back to the show. We have got another three minutes analysis followed by two hours of commercial break coming at you. So help me help you guys get great content in none of that radio guy asshole bullshit. Head over to patreon.com slash LSG media and take a look at some of our donation options because who wants to hear that guy talking about Game of Thrones? Not me. Here's a nice little teaser for the audience. Hopefully this isn't a big spoiler, but um, the giant black dude has a name. Ooh. His name is Hota. Well, I like Hota because Alaria is like, whatever. And she goes like storming off, like all pissed off. Yeah. And, yeah. and Hota like holds up his like, like scythe or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, hey, dude, you want me to just kill her? And Doran's like, eh. Nah, yeah. just let her live. <laughs> She's just crazy. Well, he did say, my brother was very fond of you, and for that, you'll always have a place here. And that just shows you, Dorn strikes me as having a little bit more of a different honor system. Well, maybe that's a bit of a, a bit of a stretch. At least we know that Doran is, is a man of his word, because he's not going to just kill her. He's not going to kill this person. He's not going to go over this. He's going to honor this, even though you're being dumb. Maybe you should stands to get along, following the law. Who knows? Tea. You never Except know. Except like Stannis's law, Stannis's law involves like burning people at the stake, and like Doran's is like everyone can live and be happy. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, I'm I'm curious as to how this goes. Uh, it's going to be good shit. So a tease, we get a tease of of uh, of Dorn, and uh, who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. I hope it doesn't turn into a Hota versus Bronn fight. Because oh no, ooh. well I would no offense Hota, but I don't know you yet, so. Yeah, I'm like all that. Team Braun. Wear my T-shirt. <laughs> Hashtag Team Braun. Team Braun. I like it. So from Dorne, let us travel to the Wall. Let us, because there's plenty to talk about here. Is there not? Yes. Well, things start off with Shireen teaching Gilly to read while Sam surfs the Westerosian internet. 
Yeah, Sam, <laughs> what a loser he is in this scene. He's like such a baby. I don't even know. Oh, my God. I don't know. And Gilly. I think you're being way too harsh on him. I, I thought he was awesome in this scene. No, he was such a, he was just like all upset about Gilly learned to read and give her a hard time for not learning fast enough and reading his books about 10-year-old people being Ten-year-old Starks. Night Watch. Um, I, I liked, I don't like Gilly ever, but I liked her in this scene. I thought she was sweet. I like seeing her with um Shireen, whose name I'll never forget because there's also a Shireen on Survivor, which nobody cares about except for me. But um, I like their conversation when they talked about the grayscale mm-hmm. and just it shows you more of like the difference between the people, you know, north of the wall. People get grayscale, they die. And yeah, it's, it's like a blight. It's like it's like a fucking blight. That that doesn't was it her brothers? Her sister, she said. Her sister. Two sisters. And the dad just dragged him into the fucking woods and left him there. Yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. And that's the difference. And then Shireen gets in. They bring in a billion people to heal her. Then Shireen's mom shows up to ruin everything. She's a bitch. She's the worst. Celise. I hate her. Good acting though. I like this is this was like classic evil stepmother shit. Yeah. The way she's in there prancing around, opening the books all disdainfully and throwing them around. Oh, you're teaching reading. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh, reading. She's like I'm teaching Gilly to There's read. There's only one book, and it's the book of Melisandre. Let uh, us pray. Gilly is a wildling. Well, there could be a point to that. You know, wildlings getting close to uh, Stannis's daughter, and that could be dangerous. Yeah, I think Gilly is probably the least dangerous wildling of all time. I don't know. We'll see about that. Although Sam did kill a Then and a White Walker. So he's pretty badass. Yeah, and he's a killer teacher and surfer of West Rosary and Internet. That is true. Yeah, he knows all kinds of useless trivia. Good job, Sam. But um, he'd win Westeros Jeopardy. What is going on with Jon Snow? How about this? Stannis says to Jon Snow... What do you think of this? Kneel before me, lay your sword at my feet, pledge me your service, and you'll rise again as John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. I'm sorry, one more time. John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. I'm sorry. Who? John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. That was John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. Okay, one more time, Stannis, because I'm not believing you. John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. Holy shit balls, John Snow. What are you thinking, kid? People everywhere are like, oh, my God. Um, what's funny is that I, I feel like this was off air where we had this discussion. And I said that Stannis is going to want John to fight for him to be his uh, intermediary between the wildlings because he still needs them. And they yes. respect Jon Snow. And Dean said, maybe he'll make him a Stark. I'm like, he can't do that. And in a way, he kind of asked him to do both in this episode. So right. high five to us for being super smart. I got to tell you. It's a good offer, but it's not a it's it's a smart move by Stannis too because he knows that now that he's burned Man's Raider, they'll never fight for you, dude. And like he says, he sent word to these people who lived somewhere in Winterfell and said, "Hey, come help me out. I want to take it back." And they're like, "Yeah, we have one king, Stark." Um, well, that's not Stannis. So yep, Leanna Mormont. That lady's related to J.R. and Jorah Mormont. How, I'm not exactly sure, but obviously Mormont, the last name, is the former dead Lord Commander and the guy that was banished from Daenerys' care. So those people are all related. This lady who's just like, yeah, there's only one king in the north and his name is Stark. That's so badass. And that's the thing. People don't want to fight for Stannis. They want to fight for Stark and Stannis isn't dumb. Right. If John is a Stark, all that does is help him. Right. 
Yeah, Stannis knows like you're you're a stranger in the north. You're here to rally banners. You're but but they want a Stark king. I mean, these people they haven't quite recovered from the Red Wedding, right? They haven't quite recovered from Ned being beheaded and and, and people being murdered all the time. They're but they are also ready probably for revenge. So it, the timing is crucial here for these people to rally to raise their banners and fight for Stannis. And the only way they're going to do that, and Stannis knows it unless he can really be persuasive, which he's not good at, you know? Right, right, exactly. It's crazy. He needs John Stark. What do you think about John's decision to give it, to not take it? Oh, God, for Christ's sake, with your morals and your promises, enough is enough. <laughs> you think he should have taken it? I know, like, he's making a point. He's like, if I can't keep my word to the Night's Watch, how can I ever be a lord? Um, easy. <laughs> Become John Stark, and you'll be a lord, and people will worship you, and you won't have to deal with all the idiots at the wall. Mm. The end. Mm. Although I think big things are coming for Jon Snow. Do you think that, so would you have taken Stannis' offer and fought for him and become Lord of Winterfell? Hell yeah. Mm. When you're on the Night's Watch, you cannot like have sex. You probably can't drink booze. You got to hang out with Sam all day. Come on. <laughs> Fight White Walkers, uh, giants. What do you no, think? Thank you. What do you think Ned would have done? Oh, Ned would have stayed at the stupid wall. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. I don't know, man. There's part of me thinks I have an opportunity here. I have an opportunity to restore honor to my family, to put a Stark in the North again. That seems like a really, I mean, what Jon Snow is saying in a sense, if I may, and this might be a slippery slope, but too bad, is, is that my personal honor is more important than my family legacy in the North. Yeah, what the hell, John? Right, isn't he kind of saying that? He just doesn't know better. He's just not. I think he wants, I think I think he's kind of like the king of pain. Like he's just kind of a mopesies. He wants to be all, mopesies. he wants to be all tortured. Goth, listen to Nine Inch Nails <laughs> in his black cloak. No shit, huh? Fucking ravens as pets. But By the way, if nobody's. He's probably got fucking spiders in his room and an aquarium that's for fish. Um, you have to watch, there's like, um, I don't know, it was on some late show and they were like, this is what happens when you bring like John, John Snow to dinner with you and like Kit Harrington like had this guest appearance at a dinner party. It's like the funniest thing in the world, but that's basically what it is. Yeah. It's like they're all having a dinner party and he's they're like, oh, John, um, uh, who are your parents? He's like, my father was beheaded. My mother's throat was my mother. I never knew her. She was a whore. Like, and it's like, yeah. okay, like what a downer John Snow is at every party he goes to. It's crazy shit. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny that he feels that way, but I don't know. He lived among the wildlings. He's, you know, he's got a lot of experience uh, and I just feel like you have an opportunity. Now, maybe this is just me because I'm still in love with Ned Stark. I just wow. think he has an opportunity here to restore the North by putting a Stark on the throne again and getting Roose Bolton's, you know, dick lopping off ass out of there Ew. and, you know, try to, but do, do we, do we really think the Night's Watch? I mean, part of me feels like the people who care about Jon Snow, the people who know Jon Snow and love Jon Snow and care about him and, and voted for him to be the Lord Commander are the same people who would be like, wow, Stannis the King is restoring him his honor to his family. That's fucking great. Good for you. Yeah, and they'd probably be like, can we also fight I don't think Stannis? they would think for a second that it was poor leadership. I think people that care about him and love him would be like, 
that's great. How can you, like Sam responded, this is great. Great yeah, news. Sam was so happy for him. He's like, I'm going to refuse. So uh, I can listen to Nine Inch Nails and paint my nails black. Uh, I haven't cut my hair in years. Hand me that Cure album. Uh, <laughs> I want to listen to Disintegration. It's so good. I really get it. You know, it's like so dark. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. I uh, So I don't know. I feel like, I guess that's how I feel. I mean, I can understand his point. Like, oh, if I'm breaking a vow, am I not? Yeah, but you already broke your vow. You banged a while, right. like hello. Right. So why don't you just break another one, John? You yeah. Might as well break one, break them all. Yeah, get the fuck out of that place, Jesus Christ! But instead it. of getting out of there, he basically becomes the leader of them all. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna have it one way or the other, yeah, I mean, you, if you're not gonna leave, you might as well just become the leader. Right. But I do like how they try to manipulate him. Davos is like Alice is gonna have many enemies. Alice is not fond of you. Yeah. You know, like you probably should just take the north. Got a lot of enemies. Probably here, should just bud. get your old house back. No, you don't want that. Okay, what do you want, kid? Huh? What do you want? <laughs> I don't even think he knows. But I love how we have this. Whoever wants to speak for the leaders here, Eamon starts off the vote. We we get to the voting moments. Yeah, I call this vote um, Alistair versus some other rando old dude. And yeah. we are rooting for the rando dude. Because. Dennis Malister, also known as the geriatric of Shell Tower. Yeah. The outliver of wildlings because he's so old and often the shatter of adult diapers. That was my praise for him because he just looked so old. Amazing. Yeah, that's him. And uh, Janice Slint, Jano Slint, another. Jano Slint and Marin Trant, I want them to fight to the death. And then I want the killer, I want the winner to be killed by Bronn. That would That'd be, be awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> That's what I want. Janos and Marin to fight to the death, assuming the hound's dead. If not, I want the hound to kill the winner. But I'll take Braun. Wow. So yeah, Dennis Malister gets a couple of claps on the table. Yay. Yeah, one of them's John. He's like, oh, tap him a cup for that old dude. Yeah, because God knows I don't want it because I want to be as miserable as shit. And, and Gilly somewhere is like, Sam, tap your cup for that man. He yeah. won't send me away. <laughs> right. Scared. Not, not Alistair, that bastard. Uh, so, and then we've got, you know, Jano Slint basically swallowing Alistair's load and, Ugh. you know, whatever. And then, of course, Sam decides to talk, which I love. But what I love is as it continues on, you see, I don't know the actor's name plays Sam, but he did such a good job because you see on his face, like, you know what it's like when somebody wants to talk and they're just waiting and they're trying to build up like the courage to like yeah, say something. Absolutely. And, and you could see it on his face like the whole time. I'm like, oh my God, Sam wants to say something. Is he gonna, is he gonna, is he gonna? Like you could tell. He was yeah. just like, I want to say something right now. And he was just trying to, to work up to it. And it was just so cool. And it was so well done because the whole time I'm like, oh my God, here we go. This awesome. is going to be great. And his speech was fabulous. Loved Sam for the first time ever, basically. Let's have a listen to what he has to say. Brother Slint knows her quite well. They cowered together in the larder during the battle for the wall. <laughs> Lies! A wildling girl, a baby, and Lord Janus. I found him there after the battle was over, in a puddle of his own making. <laughs> Damn, a Regular puddle. stand-up comedy right uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> Janos, Gilly, and a baby walk into a bar. <laughs> right. Janos huh? pisses himself. I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny. No. 
Thank you. <laughs> I'll be honored. How about that, Jamie Lannister? He's only got one hand. <laughs> I'm so funny. Sorry. <laughs> the Night's Watch certainly thinks so. Yeah. Well, they probably think anything's funny at this point. Those poor bastards. So after the puddle of uh, his own making talk, we get the votes. And I just want to say that Sam, one of the things that he says that is, I think, the most important thing about Jon Snow is he says he may be young, but he's the commander we turned to when the night was darkest, which I think says a lot awesome. about awesome. Jon Snow and his character and that that's true. When Jocelyn is hiding and uh, Alistair's injured, everyone's like, okay. And Jon Snow's just like, all right, I right. can do this. Right. He's a, a born leader. Yeah. Except of Winterfell in the North. Keep, he doesn't want that. Correct. <laughs> like he's a born leader of like, you know, no, um, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm making fun of him. Robbers and rapists and murderers. Oh, yeah, I was continuing making my own joke. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Really nice. <laughs> I could see Ned having a talk with him. Son, I'm very proud of you. I'm proud that you've been running thieves, rapists, and murderers. Why did he sound like freaking Liam so Neeson well. or something? That's the weirdest uh-huh. voice I've ever heard. John, sit down. You have a very particular set of skills. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm very tall. All right, so... The vote. The vote. The vote starts with Eamon and it ends with Eamon, does it not? Very cool. Yeah, I, I just love, you know, he's like feeling the things and you're like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? I love, but, but before he does, I love the, the camera kind of tilts down and they show in the foreground the little voting chips. And they and he's just sitting there for a while, and then the dude's the like, "Hey, like, dude, I think uh, it's a tie. Hey, God, it's it's a tie. Just so you know." And he's like, "Oh, sorry, I can't see anymore. I've been blind in my dragon fire." I kind of love that guy. Me too. <laughs> Me too. We got a lot to talk about with him, don't we? Internet theories abound. God. <laughs> we were watching this, and I'm not even going to say anything about what was talked about, but one of our friends leaned over and said something to Dean. I thought Dean was going to punch him in the face because <laughs> Dean thought it was like a spoiler because this guy just goes on the internet and just reads spoilers like in his spare time for fun. And I have never seen Dean so mad in my life. Well, because at first I thought he was revealing a spoiler, but he wasn't. And then come to find out there's this theory online about, you know, Jon Snow's lineage and all this crap. And I'm not going to say it here, but if you go online and you look it up, just be careful that you don't run into spoilers. But there's theories online, just like, oh, Serial Florel is Jockham Hagar. Yeah, They're the same guy. I already gave that one away. Dean right? punched me in the face when I said that, too. But I did. Stop I, spoiling me. I did. What do you tell a woman with two black eyes? Nothing I done told her twice. <laughs> I'll be here all night. Thank you very much. Women of the world turn this podcast off. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it was, I was shocked for a minute and I was like, why are you telling me this? And then, but here's what I will say. Here's something for you guys to think about. Um, because the theories regarding Jon Snow's lineage are interesting. Why did Eamon vote for Jon Snow? Because he doesn't like Alistair. Okay. Because he's Jon Snow's father. (laughs) (laughs) John. He's actually a face changer. When he changes his face, he's Ned Stark. I am your father. I don't know why he talks like that creepy he is Darth Vader from Family Guy. Oh my God. <laughs> he's got a whistle in his voice. Come on over, John Snow. 
you're looking pretty sad. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's move on to Marine, please. Hey, Johnny, I'm your father, but you can call me Daddy Hirsch. <laughs> Off. This is spiraling out of control, this hey, podcast. Jon Snow, though, seriously. What do you think? He's the fucking ruler of the wall. What's he going to do? He's a pretty cool dude. And like Kit Harrington's never going to be able to cut his hair again. So because I think Jon Snow is like the Rick Grimes of the show. Like untouchable. Um, Here's a couple of things. I know no spoilers at all. I don't either. I have a couple. I was I might be able to salvage our old episodes because a listener had them downloaded on his hard drive. He's the best. I was listening to an epi- the episode following Oberyn's death. And Did in, I say Jon Snow was going to die? No. Oh, thank God. But you said your words were, because I remember mocking you. Your words, your words were before Oberyn died. I would be shocked, shocked <laughs> if Oberyn died. That was your exact quote. So and you knew he was going to die. Yeah, I did at the time. Yes, I had read that third book. I but can't listen, even no, but listen. listen to this. <laughs> Shocked. So you need to be careful about well, I say things like yes. Jon Snow is a Rick Grimes of the show. Yes. Okay. You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the uh, fucking. The curse. Like when yeah. I say somebody will never die, they die immediately. Yeah. Okay. Because if so, I got a list of some people. Yeah. Stay away from. Uh, like or- for sure the Boltons are going to live forever. Okay. Forever. <laughs> Shocking if they died. Father, there's so many dicks to chop off. Ugh. Yeah. Ramsey's a mess. Ramsey Ramsey Bolton now. Yeah. Well, Warden of the North. It was almost John Stark, but no. Yeah. Well. Alas. You'd rather hang out and listen to Disintegration by The Cure. So let's go to Marine, where uh, another rough ass shit's going on, man. Basically, Dario and the Unsullied are uh, hanging out. Dario's like, hey, you Unsullied, not very good at finding people. Dario's like, let me school you in the art of skullduggery because you guys don't know shit. This is where people hide in the walls. Was this not like a was this not like a nod to the uh, Christopher Waltz's uh, Glorious Bastards Jew hunter? Yeah, guy? that's what you said right away too. Yeah, it seems exactly like it because instead of you know looking under the you know f- floorboards and calling Jewish people rats. This guy's basically just saying, oh, you're f- because you're fearless, you don't know what it's like to fear and you don't know how to hide in a wall. What do yeah. you do? Like, hey guys, just drywall me up here. Just, it, it, just, again, just screw exactly. the drywall up and I'll stay in here forever. Like we're, we're watching and we were watching with friends and one of the people we're with was like, but how did you get in the wall? Exactly. I, I don't get it. Exactly. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> just, how do you quickly hide yourself inside a wall? I don't know. Anybody knows? Let me know. Well, it's pretty common, apparently, if you're uh, riding if with you're the- Dario. Dario's yeah. like, I hide in walls all the time. Yeah, and I know precisely where to stab and hit him in the leg because I'm a master rogue. Damn. <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah, he's pretty cool, I gotta I got say. So we find the Sons of the Harpy mask, and then we have a small council trying to decide- some fates here. And uh, I did grab a couple of names. Of course, the, the guy whose name I couldn't remember is Hisdar Zolarak. Which guy's that? The guy with the, the beard or the kid? The older gentleman with the beard. Older than the kid. The Love kid was Mosador. Okay. Okay. If you could only see the spelling of things on my paper <laughs> and what it means. You're not, a good, you're not good at spelling those Middle Eastern sounding names? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, it says shit. like a Masado. Masato? It looks like it's like Molasadish. Like, I don't even know. It looks like I wrote Portuguese. <laughs> Hungry oh, now. No, I'm just kidding. What the fuck? 
Oh, shit. I'm just going to call him bearded guy and small child. (laughs) Young man. (laughs) Young man in other guy. That's not. And harpy about the sons of Well, they discuss slavery, bringing it back, and how great families are paying them to do the underhanded work. That's what's going on here. Uh, Of course, Selmy professes that Daenerys needs to give the man a trial. I urge you. Yeah, and um, bearded guy is like, yeah, let's do this fair trial thing. I'm... Yeah, Masato says, no, no, you no, no. no. Mercy and fair trial mean nothing. All they understand is blood. Somebody said that in another language. That was cool. Yeah, he did. I can't say uh, speak that language. And Danny for sure is like, yeah, I just want to kill this dude. And everybody's like, oh, Danny, let's hold on a second here. Let's stop with the killing. And Selmy recounts. That was a great story. I love this part. Your father set the towns and castles aflame. He murdered sons in front of their fathers. He burned men alive with wildfire and laughed as they screamed. (laughs) And his efforts to stamp out dissent led to rebellion that killed every Targaryen, except two. I'm not my father. No, Your Grace. Thank the gods. But the Mad King gave his enemies the justice he thought they deserved. And each time it made him feel powerful and right. Until the very end. And then Jamie Lannister slew him. Slew him. Yeah. Wow. Slewed. We <laughs> <laughs> got a little crazy here. Uh, I love that part. Love it. Great story. Great way to reach Danny, and it reaches her. What a voice she's like, on okay. this guy, huh? Everybody on the show is a good talker. Ugh. Not gonna lie. Except for Lawless, <laughs> she's a bad talker. <laughs> Don't but my sister poos my hair. Don't want to listen to her all day. All I want is meat pies and a hair-pulling free existence. Pigeon pie, God, all meat I, pie. Where do you think you are? All I want is my pigeon pie and all my hair, my lord. Good lord. <laughs> Continue. So Danny's like, yeah, I think I'll get this dude a fair trial. It seems right. I don't want to be like the Mad King. And um, that's the plan. But instead of giving the dude the fair trial, young kid who speaks another language and is cute and sweet and loves Danny is like, I'm actually going to kill this guy and string him up for the world to see. And right in his blood. You're welcome, Danny. (laughs) I I did what you wanted. Do you like it? We're on the same wavelength here, right? Like, this is like the guy who tried to shoot the president for Jodie Foster. Like, he's like, hey, Jodie. Yeah. I got you. You want me to shoot that president, right? Right? (laughs) Right. Of course. But Danny, course. you wanted me to shoot that prisoner you wanted to give a fair trial to, right? You wanted me to just kill him. Like, I got <sighs> it, Danny. Me and you were like this. It's like crazy fans of people. Exactly. Exactly, exactly what it was. Yeah, oh I love it. God. <laughs> you want me to shoot the president? What the fuck? That's so tapped. Jody, did you see that? He's <laughs> dead. Oh, really? So he takes it upon himself. I killed the harpy for you. I set you free. You're welcome. Yeah. Great. Thanks, kiddo. Danny is just like, what the fuck? And then he goes on to talk about killing, wearing gold masks, uh, murdering children. I took up the knife for you first. The harpy's life was not yours to take, she says. And he's like, you're the law. And she says, the, the law, law is the law. Is the law. Mm. Love that part. Sounds like a big like Stannis, no? No, but I, I like that because that's the point is it has to be to some extent. You have to be fair. It's a great point for a young leader like Daenerys, 
Daenerys to not Daenerys. Uh, who's that? <laughs> Daenerys. Lord? That's uh, Daenerys' twin sister. Oh, see them three Targaryens. She's known as Daenerys the Canary. She uh, dresses wow. like a bird. I don't know. I'm That's sorry. really creepy. That wasn't really funny. Nobody. I just say they they saw the sign to laugh at the terrible joke I made, so they they did. Good job, audience. We appreciate we appreciate our live studio audience. Yeah. Um, they're awesome. Laugh from tracks. The Night's Watch. My least favorite thing in America. Second toe. What's another thing I always say you hate? Oh, flashbacks. <laughs> flashbacks and laugh tracks. That is the end. <laughs> flashbacks and laugh tracks. Awesome. So the law is the law. So what she's saying is, is that we have to have a set, a, a moral code and, and we have to follow it. And that's that people are going to have trials. Can, and nobody can break that code. And then Danny breaks her code by not giving this kid a trial. A trial. Except he admitted fully that he care. killed People make admissions all the time and don't mean it. Hello, yeah, West Memphis this, Three. Yeah, but what this, does this look like? <laughs> Get my lawyer. Like on this Hank shit. Moody from California case, you know, I want to just yell, "Free the West Memphis Three. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't those like kids. this isn't like cops and alleyways beating confessions out of people with rubber hoses and shit. This is just a kid like I did this for you, Khaleesi. <laughs> I, I, he bled all over me. It was great. <laughs> It was glorious. No, yes, now I am the bloody killer of harpies. Listen, people confess to murder all the time and they didn't really do it. I know this because I watch murder shows every night before I go to bed. Okay. Therefore, he needed a lawyer, a fair trial. I know some good lawyers that he could, you know, I don't think I don't think she's quite ready to employ that level of uh, legal precedent in her oh. little fledgling kingdom. Sorry, she hasn't like passed the bar exam? That's no, she she starts they don't have as many laws as we do. Thank God. Well, the law, I think, was that you have a fair trial and then we kill you. Except Danny said, hey, except for you, sir, I'm actually just going to execute you in public in front of everybody with no trial. But you're you're thinking too modern. You're thinking way too modern, like some fucked up kid who didn't take a Xanax and, you know, goes, murdered his grandparents, you know, you know, goes bonkers with a fucking sledgehammer. And then Jesus he's in Christ. a and then he's in a goddamn interrogation room for 27 hours with no water. And he finally confesses. That's a lot different than in the medieval world yeah, where the he, guy's like, I confessed. I did it. I did it for you. Isn't this fucking great? You I'm, I killed him. You know, we were all there. Right. It's high five. I just killed him yesterday. Not see? guilty by reason of insanity. Just kidding. <sighs> for fuck's sake. JK. So anyway, tell me about this. What's what? She brings him out, shows everybody and says, hey, this kid broke the law. Time for him to die. I got my hand up. Dario. Call on me, please. Um, That guy sitting behind Dean. So I'm going to answer. Can I ask, ask a question? Yes. If I'm Dario, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be like your protector, but definitely not your executioner. What the fuck? Her. She's having sex with him, for Christ's sake. No. She's been called Drogo. I'm sure she's great in the sack. I don't know about that. You don't think she's good in the sack? Yeah, she strikes me as pretty decent. I mean, she's got that Targaryen blood in her. I bet he's better than her, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But I mean... <laughs> I hear those Targaryen fanfic fan oh, in going down the rabbit hole. I think those Targaryens are pretty good. I mean, look at Aemon. Am I right? Yeah. Come yeah. on over here, Johnny Snow. Sorry. Should have called you Stark, boy. I start giving these people like those like fan fiction, like shipper names, like these couples on the show. That's where I'm really missing out is I don't have any of those. But seriously, Daria doesn't strike me as an executioner. I could see him championing her and fighting that guy on the horse. But I was like, really? Daria's going to be the executioner? Who else is going to do it? 
Get fucking executioner. Get some faceless shitty guard and put a goddamn mask on him. Maybe she will eventually. Maybe she learned a Tough lesson. call to execute this kid, boy, huh? Yeah, I don't think it was the right decision for her to do it, especially the way she did it. What do you think she should have done? Yeah, she, she made it a, a spectacle. I, I, I mean it. If she was going to put it to everybody to make a point of this kid, she had to have some semblance of a trial. So all these people who were hissing at her, which was weird and really, really creepy, like really creepy, um, she had to give them a reason where she could say, but do you understand how he broke the law? She just came out and said, hey, this guy broke the law. I'm telling you this right now. And he's sitting there like, please, mom, don't kill me. She's like, it's eh. pretty rough. Yeah. Part of me thinks that a trial could have gone south quickly for her, too, though, because you get all these people around who are sympathetic to this kid and he tells them all why he did it. And they go, of course, free him now. Do you see what I'm saying? I think if you get I think if and then and then Danny's like, OK, so, so she just lets him get away with it or yeah. she, she kills him in private. I don't know. But then she's put herself in a position to where if this kid does speak his case publicly and all these people that start hissing at her, I hiss in your general direction. Yeah. They start hissing at her. What the fuck? Like they're all going to be like, yeah, that makes sense. You kill them for them. They're bad people, blah, 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 blah. And then it just becomes a mockery because how, like, how does the trial go? Is it open? Is it closed? Is it this? Is it that? Like, it seems like a fucking nightmare, this whole situation. I, I just think, and, and this isn't hindsight being 2020, immediately I was like, she's making a mistake. Right. What she's doing right now is an error. I thought so too, to be honest with you. And it was. Like, this has put her in a bad position. She had chaos in her freaking streets. She had people hissing at her, which is fucking weird. She had people throwing rocks at her which like sucks and they're better like rock throwers and Podrick for sure. Like, there was a lot of rock throwing this episode, which is kind of weird to me. Not going to lie. Yeah. Like they foreshadowing. They're like, Hey, Podrick threw a rock. Remember watch now people are going to throw more rocks. <laughs> hey, we got a game of Thrones. You're good. Awesome. Foreshadowing. So yeah, I don't know. I fuck man. That's a, you know, I, if I can think of it from modern sensibility or I can try to think of it in a, I'm in game of Thrones world. What would I do? What would I do in this situation? Give that kid a trial. Yeah. I know you're anti-trial, but I'm pro-trial. Trials well, are fun. I like Tyrion's. It was good. Was yeah, but up. you you only want a trial so you can put it on at fucking midnight when you're going to sleep and be like, oh, this is the murder Midnight? Who was in bed that late? Jesus. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't wrap my head around what bothers me about it. And uh, I, I haven't, I've, I'm still trying to digest it. And maybe it'll come to me in the next episode when you I have all know. the answers handed to me by the show. Oh, thank you, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> when you call him on your little speed dial, hey, George, it's Dean. He's been like, I'm writing. What the fuck? Just want to know what this meant. So, uh. And he yells at him George, for spoiling things. George, George R. R. Martin gives like a million spoilers. Dean punches him. George, stop talking to me in Eamon's voice. <laughs> I'm scared. But, um, no, I don't know, man. It's, uh. All this shit happened so Danny could be all sad and be like, leave me alone. I'm going out on my balcony to listen to The Cure, like Jon Snow. And then... And then we see Drogon. It's, I love what they're showing us here. That fucker knew she was in trouble and he came back. And I, what So I, you better watch your ass, people who go after her, because you'll have a dragon on top of you. And this is something I love, too, is that she wasn't scared of him. Right. She was scared when she went down there to the other two dragons. And it... They fed off her being scared. She was right. scared from the second she walked in. She wasn't scared at all when she saw Drogon. Right. And she was just happy to see him because she felt so alone in that moment. That right? was great to see. She felt I liked really that. Alone. Yeah. I really, really did. Like she was happy to see him. And right. so was I. I was like, that dragon's a freaking badass. I want a pet dragon. How do I get one? Yeah. It's good shit. <laughs> do you want a pet dragon? Sure. 
I'd be afraid he would like accidentally like crisp one of my pets or something. Though. Are we on? Are we gonna do pet dragon talk every episode or? Probably. Okay, just want to make sure. I'll make sure to take <laughs> some pet dragon notes next time. I'll watch that movie How to Train Your Dragon. So I have That's a good movie. something useful to say. It is a good movie. It is very good. And now, like, if Danny watched that movie, she would not train her other dragons. All right. Listener feedback coming at you. All right. We've got a few comments here. I'm going to start things off. We have Christina Brown. Christina Brown, come on down. Welcome to the show. Christina said, I have a paranoid Cersei theory. What if she set up that snake mail thingamabob herself and is using it to manipulate Jamie into going after Marcella? Prince Dorne didn't seem like he would have sent it. Ilaria may have, but I think Cersei did. I think the consequences will be pretty bad too. I don't think Bronn will get out of Dorne alive. <gasps> no. I agree with one of the two things that you said. Are you saying about her? Because I think that her theory is kind of brilliant. I think Alaria sent it. Really? But how? How did Alaria get Marcella's necklace? How did Cersei get the necklace? What do you mean Cersei? She probably had... Who knows there were only two of those necklaces in the world? You think that's Cersei a bunch of bullshit? Crap. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I want to say that. I definitely don't think Doran said I wouldn't that. be surprised either, but I feel Cersei like it's an Alaria it manipulation move. tactic, I would not be surprised. I mean, Alaria wants to send pieces of this girl back, and maybe she started with the necklace. Excuse me, Marcella. That necklace is really, really cute and would match with my shoulder pads. I fear for Bronn's safety, too. If Jamie and Bronn go in there and they think they're going to be cute and pull that girl out of Dorne and get out of there alive, because they're going to have a fucking scary bunch of people on their ass. That is very true. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope Bronn doesn't die out there, but it's possible. It's possible they decide his story comes to an end. I'm just glad we got him back. I'll enjoy him. I won't take him for granted like I did to Oberyn. I would be shocked. Shocked if Oberyn died. I would be shocked if Jon Snow died. Stop saying it. That's exactly how I sound, too. Your impression is just spot on. Nate Holt says, I'm surprised how much Jamie Lannister has grown on me and love seeing him teamed up with unlikely companions. The show has done a good job of developing over the seasons from despicable to appealing. How uncomfortable looking was Bronn trying to look all lordly? (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see them come across Brienne slicing and dicing her way to Sansa. Wow, is she determined. And also, how cool was the exterior set of the House of the Black and White? Loved it! Yes, yes, and yes. Here's what I'll say about that, Nate. I also think that the show has done a good job of developing everyone. I think that's why the show is so good. Uh, because of their ability to make you care about these characters and to find yourself having trouble hoping one uh, is advances over the other because that usually means somebody's dead. And that's what the show is brilliant at doing, definitely. Um, them running across Brienne would be pretty crazy. That would mean Brienne and Podrick would join them and go to Dorne. But that's starting, that that's, I don't know. I don't see Dorne being like, sure, come wander around our, streets yeah this huge night lady jamie fucking lannister and Bronn this rando of the dude yeah right wearing some nightly outfit looking and like this, this all and weird this squire with his horse cock we don't need him over here ruining our women <laughs> nope. that was a late laugh. and what and men in Dorne, they don't discriminate. Yeah. They all love horse cock, apparently. <laughs> Damara says, I really... By the stole that horse cock talk for now. Damara says, I really enjoyed the episode. My only issue is Jon Snow. Let me just start off by saying I love him, but holy shit, is he fucking miserable. When Stannis offered to make him Lord Stark, my jaw fell to the floor. Uh, yeah. 
Who is it again? John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. John Stark, Lord of Winterfell. Nah. Sounds so good. Nah, I don't want that. I don't want that. Fuck that shit. Uh, <laughs> so, where were we? Ah, oh, right. When Stannis offered to make him, which I went to the The one thing he's admittedly always wanted, and he's sad about it, questions and exclamation points. I'm really hoping as the commander that we see a happier bastard. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, is Game of Thrones. Nobody's happy. That's very true. Between Jon Snow and Cersei, Jesus. One's really angry. One's really emo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it uh thank you for those comments ladies and gentlemen stay tuned for the end of the episode and you will find out how to contact us of course but jessica give me your final thoughts on the house of black and white good episode we get to see some people we didn't see last week got to see dorn really exciting excited for next week hope things start happening what was anything bad about it what didn't you love liked it pretty much yeah i actually really like this episode there's a i i thought that there was i i, I could have got a little more out of Aris. i think in 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 the imp i, I wanted a yeah, little well, more well they're there. just gonna sit in that box i mean don't show me them again until i get to marine the wall is becoming awesome. super interesting I love it. I love the the intrigue there i think stannis's arrival has done a lot for that storyline for both of their storylines agreed and I also think that like we're like, oh, King's Landing is going to be the most boring place. But I think King's Landing has still been interesting. King's Landing is going to be interesting when um, when uh, Marjorie gets back into the action and Tommen comes back and we're going to see that whole thing going on. Definitely. Uh, I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to more Dorn action. Me too. I want Dorn and now I'm going to get Jamie and Braun at Dorn. Again, this is what they're doing. It's like superhero team up movies like yes. oh this guy with this guy and this guy with this guy cool we get to see them after all this time you know it's awesome yeah yeah so yeah that's uh that's what i have and uh i uh i'm ready so is, do we got anything else all i got are you sure I think so all right smoking whore from high garden <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.